Hello and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines. Uh, special guest uh, today is current Kilmarnock assistant manager Paul Stevenson. And back in the dugout, Paul, how's things? Hi, Gary. Yeah, loving it, Gary. Um, it's something you missed when you're unfortunately out of work, um, but you um, you just really got to relish it when you when you are working and. It's actually nice to be, you know, we've got a good set of players that we've recruited. Yeah. Because um, sometimes you, you have to work, a lot of the times you have to work with other people's recruitment. So we've got a set of lads there that we've got a good knowledge about. And uh, obviously there's a couple there that I've brought, uh, brought up. And there's a couple, like Tommy knows lots of the Scottish scene. So yeah. there's a good mix of lads there. But um, I think in the main, we've got a really good, bunch which gives you half a chance before you even kick a ball absolutely Paul so th thanks for giving up your time today Paul to, to share your coaching experiences uh, from I must say an extremely busy and successful career in the, in the coaching game um, Paul when you when you started playing um, your career uh, played Newcastle uh, where you started off um, Millwall, Gillingham, Brentford York, Hartlepool um, what experiences and knowledge uh, did you gain from your managers and coaches that you played under uh, in your playing career that you've sort of taken away and, and, and used uh, in your in your career as a coach? I think when I I think when I seen that question and I had a really good think about it, there was different attributes that I could give to each manager. Um, I think the one that sort of helped me a lot in my work with young players was my very first manager, which would be uh, Willie McFall at Newcastle. I think he had fantastic belief and faith in young players. And I've always had that. And I think a lot of young coaches think it's all about, oh, they kind of do this, they kind of do that. Well, actually, what can they do? You know, think yeah. about what they can do and what they're good at. We're very quick to tell people what they can't do, but, you know, we might have a striker who scores 25 goals a season and they say he can't hold it up. Well, I believe he can score 25 goals a season. Mm -hmm. There's loads of people who can hold it up, can't score two goals a season. So mm -hmm. I, I always think, have a belief in young players. And it's amazing how I've found, and I've been fortunate enough to work with some very good young players. It's amazing how, if you believe in people, and you let them know that, how far they can go. They can go much further than they would ever have believed. And, and it's just, I think when you look back on your career, you think the the managers that had the most belief in you, even me, myself, I played the best for. Yeah. The ones I had doubts about is didn't play as well. So I think everybody, players sense it. They really do sense it. And I think if you've got belief and faith in a player, I think you, you'll get an extra 10, 20% out of them. So that that's certainly from Willie. Um, when I looked at the, the the managers I had after that was John Doherty. I think he was a good man manager. He he could have a bit of fun with people. He signed us at Millwall, um, and he but he could be tough as well. Uh, obviously a tough era coming through at Millwall in the in, mm -hmm. in the mid eighties. Bruce Riach took over from him, and Bruce actually, I, I would say that wasn't his strength. He probably alienated people a bit at times, but I did actually learn a lot in terms of I liked his style of football. 
Um, I, I think he had a good philosophy when I look back, good knowledge. And um, it, it, within that uh, co coaching team that Bruce had, he had Steve Harrison, which I've, I've kind of, I've took so, loads of bits out of the type of work he did, patterns of play. Um, mm -hmm. I think I've always had a big belief in doing, and we do we do them at Kilmarnock. We have to do them quite a lot at Kilmarnock because we were one of the favourites to win, well, the, the favourite to win the championship to get back in the SPL, FL, and, uh, and we'll have a lot of teams park the bus. So we have to do lots of patterns of play of like how we can open up and get around the back of teams and, you know, get into the... Yeah. Get get that get around the back two v ones uh, underlaps overlaps switches of play so we do quite a lot of work on patterns and and, and I know when I worked I played at Millwall with some luckily enough with some very good players we did them patterns with Steve and and I was retrospectively think back and think what wow they worked because it come a sad day I knew when I set that ball back to me full back or to me centre midfield player I knew exactly where it was going and I just knew where to run. <laughs> And and I think we all we all developed really well. Yes, there's loads of times in a game where you play off the cuff, of course it is. But if you look at the best, the best in the business now, which is you know Pep Guardiola, and you even watch Liverpool, you watch Liverpool, you can see so many patterns in that play. Mm. You know Liverpool had probably longer patterns, but um, you know they're, they're quite prepared for it. Once it goes into midfield, and you know Henderson or Fabinho's head come up, there's going to be a run. From out to in or in to out, you know what I mean? Um, somebody coming short to spin in. And you see with Pep, obviously, Pep's really intricate. You, you know, people play in all different positions. But if you can't play in his patterns, you don't play. <laughs> so yeah, I learned a lot of that off Steve. Um, and then my next manager probably would have who I thought about was David Webb. Again, fantastic manager for me personally. I wouldn't say for everybody, but he had a massive focus on us, not them. And he very rarely and you know how the games change when we know everything about the opposition. David actually never watched the opposition, <laughs> so we just uh, he just said no, we'll, we'll, we'll beat them. <laughs> and I mean that was a team that finished second in League One and um, spent a hundred grand on players. Bob, I think uh, Nicky Forster and um, um, Bob for a great second, but he's a good player. Um, in in Birmingham, spent millions and they had just picked with on the last game of the season. So we had a good side. Um, and I was thinking um, that probably give us a belief as a play that, you know, he's not that bothered about the opposition. Absolutely, he's expecting yeah. us to win. So it's a different, everybody has their own ways. Um, and then Chris Turner was my last manager. I thought Chris was a really good motivator. He really, he really had a good way of getting you going for the game. And you, you went out with your chest out and you were ready to go and fight, you know, and it, he was really good. And he was good for me personally because, I was finished as a winger. I knew I was. And um, I ended up playing in midfield with good legs around us and Tommy, young Tommy Miller and uh, Mark Tinkler, both good friends and good. I ended up working with Mark again. I ended up coaching Tommy at Huddersfield when we signed him and I ended up working with Mark in Middlesbrough. But um, I ended up playing the deeper of the three in a three-five-two. So he, he helped me a lot. And, yeah. and I loved that position because I was involved all the time on like being a white player. So... Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, learn lots of all them, and I think you try and take the bits off everyone as you go along. You know, absolutely. So, so it, your work with Steve Harrison, there was a lot of sort of repetition around them patterns of play, uh, which automatically came to you on a on a Saturday. Hundred percent, 
hundred yeah. percent. And and you see it, you see it when you watch the Man Cities, and you see it when you watch the the top teams. That you see it when, especially the white players, because there was a white player doing it, and we used to work on it. You know, if I come short and he come tight, and I was setting it, I was setting it, and I was going, I was yeah. running, and too many people don't run now. You know, and yeah. they don't. You know, they don't want to run in behind without the ball. I, I actually loved running behind. I mean, especially when I was first starting at Castle and before I had my bad injury, I would outstrip anybody. So I was quite happy to come short and spin in behind. Mm -hmm. And you see so many white players now, they want it to feet. Except you see the best ones, the, the Fordens, and you see the, you know, the um, the Salas. The ball beats them. Yeah. <laughs> and all you've got to concentrate on then is, I mean, these these are different types of wingers now. These make out-to-in runs and they're going in for goal. In my day, you played 4-4-2 and our, my run was down the line and I was crossing it and it was a goal. So, mm -hmm. But I much preferred getting the ball in behind and the ball beating me full-back rather than me having to take them on. Yeah. Because all you've got to do is concentrate on a really good delivery. But um, yeah, so we learned, I think there were... The coaching then was still, there was some very good work went on, very good work. And I know there's a lot more technical and tactical now, but um, yeah, it, it, there, were, there were some really good people that I enjoyed working with. And obviously my first coach, Colin Suggett, he got the best out where he knew he had a great group and ended up winning the Youth Cup. So yeah, he just knew he had a good bunch of players. So it was great. Yeah, yeah great, Paul. And, and role models, we talk about role models in the game uh, a lot these days. And... Um, I suppose, what support did you get when you were starting out on your coaching journey? Um, and why were they important in your development as a young coach? Well, Alan Irving rang me when I was... I was. Um, he actually seen me play for York in League One when York, that's a high short, I've been what a good side, actually. And um, he rang us and he said, oh, I just moved up the northeast. I'd moved up back home to Hartlepool. And he rang us one night and he said, you fancy coaching at the academy? And he says, I've, I've seen you play. He says, you're a very good technical player. I think I think you'd be great for the kids um, and you, on the start of your journey. So I, I think it was 29, 28, 29 then. And he put us with a guy who you'll know well, Terry Mitchell. Yeah. And me and Terry are still very close now, still collaborate and share stuff now. Um, and Terry was a great men mentor for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I was great for him. He'll tell you that because we've, you know, I had a playing background and I probably had... Uh, the nuances of playing and you know different different aspect of, of the game to what Terry had as more of a, as an educator. Um but we really did sort of learn off each other. Alan put, told me that he put us with Terry to to really organise us because he he felt that players when you hadn't played, when you hadn't coached, you just played the most important bit was to be organised. So mm -hmm. Terry was brilliant for that and, and I probably like most people when I first started had a, had a mouth full of spit and couldn't speak even to under-11s. <laughs> and you got got that dry mouth. I mean, you kind of shut us up now. But, um, you know, it was a great start and learning curve. And, uh, you know, I would have been frightened of taking probably a head tennis in them days. But, but by the time you're learning and then you start seeing the game in a different way, and you, it actually helps you because you start thinking a bit, you know. Yeah. And actually, I always say, like, there's no time to stop learning and keep... Uh, honing your skills because mm -hmm. I had I think I had I felt like I was all, almost done a bit at, uh, at Hartlepool because we, all we did was five sides we didn't really practice a lot and then I started coaching under 11s and showing them tricks 
And then them chicks started to come back out for me and I was really good at them again in the games. And, and all of a sudden, I, I got another five, six years out of my career because I started taking the mick out of people in midfield <laughs> with my quite term, which I, I use quite a lot. So um, I always think there's never, never too, you're never too old to keep working in, in, in honing, your, honing your skills. So that was a good, another little lesson for me. But Terry was great. Um, like I say, um, ended up, I ended up when I got the youth team job at uh, Hartlepool, ended up Terry bringing Terry in initially to help, and he ended up getting the, the director of youth there. And then he's he's obviously done well, and he's, he's been at Newcastle for quite a few years now. He's never got me into Newcastle, like so I probably need to give him a um, bit of stick for that. I mean, Terry's Terry's name comes up a lot in in discussion in coach education, Paul, and. Uh, a lot of podcasts and different interviews that I've done with people. I mean, what's, you know, both we, we both know Terry very well, but for people that don't know, what is his, what are Terry's main skills, you know, in, in coach education, coach development, mentoring? He's a great listener. He's a great listener. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what, that's what the good sort of mentors are. They listen, they listen to what, you know, where you where you're probably feeling like you need you need to improve on and 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 then he's a good helper and then on, on that further on in my journey obviously when that was the start then Alan Alan Irvin obviously I love watching Alan because he, he had a great attention to detail which is yeah. you know so important especially the better players you work with yeah you know and, and I had a great bunch of young players at, at uh, Hartlepool and, and you know delighted to see a lot of them still playing in the thirties you know getting getting decently decently paid as well so yeah um, but. You know, I thought I knew what good like. I didn't know what good really looked like until I sort of went down to Norwich and I seen the better standard of play again. And then obviously more recently again with young players at uh, Middlesbrough, which is a great uh, youth setup. I had a great set of players there, and mm-hmm. all of them kicked on, which is great. You know, to see them doing well. So, and then Glenn Rhoda probably in the senior. You know, Glenn, Glenn and Lee have been good mentors as well. So, mm-hmm. Glenn had a, a different sort of most first team. It was more first team type of football, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so Paul, you started you started your coaching journey at Hartlepool with the youth team, and then you dipped your toe into the into the first team, I believe. Uh, at that time of your career, um, did your experiences working and developing young players overwrite the opportunity to work with the senior players? Yeah, interesting question, good one. I thought um, it was more a case of taking over the reins. Um, after after the first team had had a long lo- losing run, um, and on reflection, I was still in a phase of developing players, so I, I had to flick my focus quickly to winning at all costs, which is yeah. a, a totally different um, thing. I'd, I still had belief in some of the young players, and I did I did play them. Um, had a great start, unbeaten in the first six games, two wins, four draws. Uh, a team that had took four points from eleven games, so we took. What six, uh, 10 points from the first four games, um, no goals against. But then I always say this, and I, I mean this, and I say this honestly, me former manager, Chris Turner, came in. And I seen it because Chris actually managed me and he managed a lot of them players that I was currently trying to help and manage. So I, I always think that I undermined my opportunity there. Um, and we made a good go of it for a team that, you know, but eventually went down after 16 games. Um, but we had a right good go. It went right to the end. Um, and again, 
I suppose just not being able to bring bring people in is mm. always, you know, just working with that group, um, that doesn't help either, which I've seen obviously in other jobs. So, but yeah, no, it was it was a good, it was good, and it gives a taste. And um, like I say, you've got to you've got to quickly change your focus from um, developing to winning. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how you do it. But. So, so you left you left Hartlepool, Paul, in, in two thousand seven to, to link up with your former colleague from Newcastle, the late Glenn Roder uh, at Norwich. What attracted you to go to Norwich at that time, Paul? Well, it's funny because I mean, Glenn was when Glenn was Newcastle manager, um, probably even weeks or a month earlier. I took me Hartlepool on the eighteen side to to play Newcastle behind closed doors, and we absolutely battered them. Played some great football, wiped the floor with him. And um, he got us in the office afterwards and he went, you're coming here. You're coming here. I want you here. You'll you'll, you'll be great here. And then a couple of weeks later, he got the sack. <laughs> so I was like thinking, oh, no, there's a chance to step up, gone. But uh, then he came back for us, obviously, when, um, when he went to Norwich. And um, I think because I just had a taste of the senior football, Gary, you know, and mm-hmm. the thrill and the opportunity to progress and test myself. You know, yeah. it was just too, too much to turn down. I think um, you've always got to challenge yourself, and uh, you know, I, I get, I get that people work in the academies all their life. I get that they might be, they find that they're very suited to it. But to not dip your toe in the water mm-hmm. and find out if you can is always would always be a question that would irk us. So I've never ever regretted. Doing it, even though I've, I love development and I love developing players, even at first team level, I enjoy working with young players and helping them and seeing them progress. It's it's a it's a fantastic feeling, as you'll you'll know yourself. Um, but um, no, I've I've, um, I've 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 loved being on the journey that I've been on. It's been it's been rewarding and gaining knowledge all the way all the way along the way with different people, you know. So it's been good. And who was part of the team down at Norwich? With, with um, Glenn and yourself down there, Paul, at the time? It was great initially. I would say the first, the first month was fantastic because um, we, um, the first sorry, season, sorry, um, we went in, I think we went in there uh, six six points adrift at the bottom of the championship. Um, me and Lee did all the coach, a lot of the coaching. Glenn would still want to do the the main um, shape stuff and, you know, set players, stuff like that. He, but he, he left a lot of the stuff to me and Lee and we, we sort of, you know, took turns doing different sessions and different types and mm-hmm. and um, I had the lads eat, eating our hands. It was great. And, and we went actually from that position um, to within a, within two or three points of the playoffs at one point. But then I think a different pressure turned on then to like, oh, we're not, we're away from that, but the pressure's on to get in there now. And then we just fell short towards the end, but we, we survived. We survived fine, to be fair. Um, but then, obviously, um, the season after was really tough because, um, you know, it emerged about uh, Glenn with his, you know, he'd had the brain tumour. And also, he was very, we were all, you know, obviously him as a manager, but we all as a team were, were extremely, you know, unfortunate to um, lose millions off our budget overnight when the 2007 crash came because the, the two people that were going to put the money in, um, I forget the name of the couple who were on the board. Their their business was um, like the money markets are loaning loaning money and all right. that, like, you know. And uh, and they pulled out. So 
we hadn't we didn't have a striker in the building and Glenn had you know kept his ink dry to bring in a couple of good strikers so yeah. and we lost Dejan Stefanovic who was a look in pre-season looked a top player for that level and Dejan was very good left big left footed player and um, he did his crucial in the first in pre-season or the first game um we lost John Kennedy who had signed um on loan from Celtic who was another top player for that level he did his cruciate in his tackle so you couldn't say they weren't committed they were going through the brick wall but to lose both your good centre halves and not be able to get a strike and was difficult mm -hmm. and it, and we did struggle we couldn't we couldn't score goals um but um that first season Glenn I, I meant to touch on Glenn um when we did do well in the first season his knowledge of the of the academy hadn't worked in in the academy previously we brought in players of the of, of um uh, Ryan Bertrand from Chelsea, 18, um, Kieran Gibbs, 17. And um, when you look at their careers, Chet Evans came in from Man City. Alex Pierce came in from Redden, and Alex has had a you know like a long career. Mm -hmm. Um and they all did well. They all mm -hmm. featured. So yeah, he obviously had a good knowledge of um young players. And that was another one where we had some good young players at Norwich, Corey Smith being one and uh, in particular. And um, he's still playing at Swansea now. But you're seeing a level again with the likes of, you know, Ryan and um, in particular Kieran Gibbs, who went on to yeah. be, you know, very good players. How how elegant in the, the eye of the tiger they had in training, they were winners, you could see it from day one. So um, that was um, that was a great experience as well, I would say. So, so you were you were working alongside your your your, your pal Clark, Lee Clark. Um, how did that work as a as a pair? Because again, we hear a lot of um, pairs coaching and and how that sort of you can bounce ideas off each other and supporting players as the other ones coaching. How did that work with you and Lee at the time when you were down at Norwich? Perfect, perfect. We're both we're both. Um, I was just very similar in terms of great enthusiasm. Both love the game. Nah, yeah. I wouldn't like to say it. I would. I would honestly say, and and people know me. I love the game as much now with fifty three as the day I left school at sixteen. And I see so many young coaches, and I think, well, oh, you're in the wrong game, pal. Because if you didn't love it, if you didn't love it, no, you're not going to develop that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in just a great love of the game and great passion, great great enthusiasm. And we had the lads, like I say, work ethic, great, good at, um, good atmosphere, really, um, you know, fun but really challenging. Always had to be very, very, you know, challenging environment and also very competitive. We've always believed in you train as you play, um, because you can't just flick it on flick it on on a Saturday, you have to be competitive right the way through to Friday. And um, and yeah, we, we always collaborated and worked well together. And then obviously Tommy Tommy Wright was, um, Tommy Kip was initially the goalkeeping coach at um, Norwich and me and Tommy would do a lot of the, um, come on, I'll just get rid of that one sec. Sorry, guy. It's another phone call, sorry. Um, so, yeah, me and Tommy would collaborate with because I would do a lot of work with the attacking players, and uh, me and Tommy would sit down and just build sessions really from from just like 
whatever we thought we needed to do, you know, like what type yeah. of fish finishing we needed to improve on. And Tommy would give me a great sort of aspect from the goalies and I've always, but I don't really like, you know, unless it's just like a, a it's just a, like a thing going into a game like you would do, you know, a bit of finishing. And But I, I've always liked the ball to move to give the keeper a chance to get into the set position. That was something Tommy always said that is important for the keepers rather than just, you know, ball getting shot from here, ball coming shot from the keepers not being able to move, you know. So a little, yeah. well, we, we sort of learned a lot, lot of stuff off each other, which I think the best coaching environment is all like that, where you, you, you give each other ideas and you have a set up and you go, oh, we could do that from that. And I think that's that, that's the type of set we had then. And we've got it now with Kilmarnock with, with some very good coaches. Yeah, Alan Mabry's a very good coach. Um, Colin Doyle's a young coach in terms of the goalkeeping. Tommy's a good coach, very good coach. He does all the shape. And, um, and we've got, you know, we've got a real good, like, office where we're, we're sort of bounce ideas of each other. And he might have a session plan and, We'll say, Abby, you could do that, and then he'd say, Yeah, you could, you, but you could do that in yours, you know. So, yeah, it's really, yeah. <laughs> it's really a good way of like finding new sessions, you know. Yeah, because you're always yeah. looking to those, everyone's looking for new material, aren't they? Paul, you touched on on the your and your yours and Clarky's enthusiasm, uh, down at Norwich in your, in your early days, and and that's that's I suppose that creates that environment, it bounces off you into the into the 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 sessions and the changing rooms and creates that positive environment. Would I be right in saying? Yeah, I think it's important, and I think there, uh, you know, it's, it's you, you you know, there's times you have to be, especially with first team players. It's totally different. It, it different age groups. You you, you have different uh, ways you act, without a doubt. But I mean, with, with Middlesbrough, for instance, the twenty threes there, um, I had quite an older group, and I, I was I was tough on them. Because they're going in the next the next step in their ladder was first team football. Mm-hmm. And if I tiptoed around them, am I preparing them for it? No, not in my opinion, because they're gonna be coming, they're, they're gonna be going into the uh, Gary Gary Monk was a manager and then Tony Pulis after that. Now they've got Neil Warnock. So, you know, your job there is to prepare them for for everything. Mm-hmm. Basically, they've got to be, you know, they've got to have that little shell where the thick skin, they might get a bit stick. Can they come back from it? Can they show a good character? Um, I was talking to Alan Mabry, who's done a lot of youth development as well. And I was saying, like, we both agree, like, you can see the, you can see the players that have got a chance quite early. You can see there's something beaten under the rib cage. They've got, like, an eye, an eye of, like, they really want it. Um, they, they don't just want it, they need it. They need to make it, and uh, whereas you see a lot of them like oh, they can can't be bothered to do that, and they don't do that, and you think, I, not much longevity in you, pal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, you you um you see the ones that have got a chance straight away, and uh, like I say, you you'll have the first team players. Something you've got to be really tough, and, and you've just got to say, no, that's how we I want it. Get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we can do it with a smile on my face, that's perfect. But if I have to get stern, we'll have to get stern. So, so you ended up linking back up with Lee at Huddersfield in, in 2009. Uh, during your time in the championship, uh, you got him into the playoffs with Lee. Um, despite being in a good position, ended up leaving. How disappointing was that? 
before? Because you, you, you had a good chance for this field. Extremely, because we never really got a chance to finish that season off. We were, yeah. um, for whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, if Lee had a fallout with the, with the chairman, I, I, I don't think anyone ever ever knew why it happened. But um, we lost three. To put it in a nutshell, we lost three league games in '55, um, which is a pretty good record, I think, when you when you consider most you know records. But um, ultimately, whoever's in charge, they decide. So mm. um, we were third third in the league. And we lost with jobs the day after. Um, I don't even think the chairman, Dean, who was a great, you know, he was, he was great for it. When, when he was supporting me, he was great. But I don't even think he was at the game. Um, and we lost 1-0 to Sheffield United. And I think they had that one effort on goal and we must have hit the woodwork. It was probably our best performance for weeks. Um, Steve Simonson, I remember, had a blinder. He must have made save after save. We hit the woodwork three or four times. We were all dead positive, saying, "Look, we'll turn the corner. We'll, you know, we're right back on it again." Yeah, third in the table, and then um, we got the call the next morning. And so, we just what you normally do when you get to tin tacked, you just uh, you get a big black bin line and you just empty your desk into it. <laughs> take all your take all your sessions, take all your pens, and and off you go. So, but it, yeah, it was disappointing because we 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 didn't really have we had an okay training ground. We had an exceptional bunch of lads, which are, are as good as I've ever worked with. Um, but that took three three years to build, to to get the ones that we didn't want out and get better lads in. And and, uh, and if you look at that team, you know, if you look at that team, those lads and that team that um, did the develop. Well, Jordan Rhodes Rhodes cost four four hundred four fifty, went for eight million. Yeah. Lee Peltier um, has played in the Premier League. He only cost. 70 grand he went for a million a few million um we've got scotty Orfield for now we brought jack hunt through this uh through the ranks anthony pilkington cost 300 grand from stockport he ended up going for two point million to norwich with a broken ankle and he still hadn't recovered it but that's how much um the manager at the time it um norwich wanted him so we made with the club made a lot of money yeah <laughs> cost him anything for three seasons really um but yeah that was a that was a really disappointing one i must admit but you just yourself down and you learn from it and you move on and then you ended up at uh with james Beatty at, at Akron stanley and uh, league two yes. for a short spell paul i suppose the yeah. question there is you know what challenges did you have as a coach working with players at, at that level compared to where you had been working Oh yeah, challenges. Yeah, without a doubt. When I first went in, it was um, it was it was very challenging. Um, they had a way of they'd been used to working, and and um, I, I had a way. I had, I had to adapt a little bit to them. They had to adapt to me, and it was just a case of like trying to gain respect um, by holding, you know, sticking your guns. And I think I I was very sort of stern when I first went in there. I smiled a bit, but I was I had to earn the respect quickly and I had to get good sessions in to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think by the end, though, we were all on the same page. I mean, when I, at one point we looked like obviously uh, Liam Richardson, who was doing fantastic. Now I, I you know, I still uh, speak to Liam the odd time. He's a he's a manager at, um, doing well at Wigan now, and James is there with him. And um, we got 17 points from the last 24 games, and we stayed up, you know. And we um, 
and it was a great achievement, really. But then Liam obviously knew the problems at the club. Um, I, I did apply for the job, but we, we had St. James, and James was a, a striker towards the end of that season. It, it, it made a good contribution. And me and James got on great. And James knew I applied for it, but obviously the, the board gave it to him as a rookie. And he nice, the, the, the best compliment he could give me was he wanted me as his number two in coach so because he enjoyed working under us. Mm-hmm. So we had a great time. Uh, we actually started the season horrendous. We we didn't have we sometimes didn't have anywhere to train until ten o'clock in the morning, um, and it was just that environment we had to ring round schools and all sorts. And eventually, James found a really good train round, and we were four games in, uh, twelve games into the seat, ten games into the season. But after twelve games, we had four points. And the chairman was very strong because he could see how well we were playing, but without winning. Mm-hmm. And then we we um, we beat Bristol Rovers after going one down, and our uh, well, season just turned. We won that game. We won five out of the next six. From October onwards, with you know like a very small budget of probably about six fifty, which was coppers, um, we ended up from October onwards the last. What 30, 34 games, we were sixth in the league and we ended up finishing 16th, 17th from having four points after 12 games. So we caught everybody up and went past them. And the team we actually beat when they were third after 12 games, Bristol Rovers, got relegated. So we actually had an unbelievable turnaround in season. And then obviously James decided to move on, try and move on to better things in the season after. And then I went to Blackpool with Clarkie, um, which was out the frying pan into fire because <laughs> as Lee will <laughs> tell you that was probably the the worst move ever <laughs> just before we start on the Blackpool one then Paul what you, you just mentioned there about uh, gaining respect from the players from I suppose from your knowledge as a coach and your expertise and the quality of sessions that you put on do you feel throughout your career that's that's what you've got to do to gain the respect from from the players, I suppose at any level, grassroots, professional game. You never, you never, um, you're never going to be, you're never going to be working with the same set of players all your life. You, you, you know, I mean, even if you're in an academy, um, you, you're going to have a different set of players every time. So, you know, I, I get that different age groups don't really understand what they're working on. Like, you know, they're just working. But when you start getting to the senior ages, you know, they, they know exactly what they're doing. And it's got to be challenging. It's got to be relevant. It's got to be um, something that's leading to the to, to the game. And how can you win the game? So yeah, you've got to um, you you've got to earn that. And then once you've earned it, it's great because they see the benefit, and you you know they come on board more with you. So it's great, you know, and, you, and everybody's working for the same goal then. So it's um yeah, but it's it's always a challenge as a, as a coach when you go into a new club, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's yeah. that's that's going to be never ended. So you've linked back up with with Lee at Blackpool. Uh, go on, share a little bit about the challenges and what you had to come up, come up against uh, at Blackpool in in, in twenty fourteen. Well, just obviously to start with, the worst football pitch I've ever saw it was a ploughed field. Um, <laughs> we may as well have trained on it every day. Because to get used to it, it was like a beach pool, wasn't it? It was like it was, yes, it was. We actually had a great start. To be fair, we had a good start. We were two 0 up against Nottingham Forest. We had a chance of getting 
off the bottom after being adrift at the bottom by a fair few points, seven or eight or something like that. And we had a chance of getting off the bottom against Notts Forest. We're 2 0 um, at one point. And they brought a fellow on called Mikel Antonio. Um, and they put him up front. And uh, he, he just tore, he tore our centre halves like apart. I mean, he was, he, he was a handful and a half. He normally played wide, but the manager must have had a crystal ball when you see what he's doing now. Mm. And he um, put him up front and one of our centre halves got sent off. Um, it went from twos each to three, two to them. Then it went threes each. Then we got another player sent off. So we've, we had nine men. Then they went four, three. And then last kick of the game, we got a point fours each. So we, you could tell the lads are having a go, but but we didn't get off the bottom with a point. And I think psychologically, it really, and we lost two players as well, which didn't help. But psychologically, it would have been a massive fill-up to get off the bottom. But then then just the problems you had with the crowd just weren't having anything. It was a bit similar to probably, I would say, but more more vitriol than like, you know, sack the board at Newcastle when mm. in the when before Sir John Hall came in. But a lot worse, you know, a lot worse, a lot more aggressive, a lot more nasty. Um probably the chairman didn't help because he had a like, oyster out as his um registration and that and probably antagonised people in. It was just it was just not a nice place to work, you know, in, in that mm. respect. The training ground wasn't great. It was, you know, it was a helicopter coming in every five minutes from the rigs. And it was like blowing a gale. So it, it was tough, you know, and uh, it was just, when you look back, I think Akron was tough, but it was brilliant, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least, at least we had a great set of lads and they were yeah. really trying and fighting for every, scrapping for every point, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so Paul, you're, uh, you're back with, with, with Tommy, Tommy Wright at Kilmarnock. Uh, yeah. How's it going there? I great. We've, like I say, we've got a, we've got a huge expectancy on with, which was, which is, you know, brings its pressures, but we, um, we know we know what's expected of her. We're um, you know very fortunate um, when I, you know to get the opportunity to work with Tommy again because I, I you know we always did work work well together at Norwich and uh, we've always kept in touch and um, he, you know he's a very good manager. He he understands players and he really does man manage them well. I think and. Uh, but it's a brand new team, so like we're like 17 out and 18 in. So right. it's a big turnaround, you know, it's yeah. a big turnaround, but, um, and we haven't always played to our maximum that we see in training, but we've got a good spirit about where, I mean, we, we, I thought we played excellent last night in the Ayrshire Derby against Air United. Great, great atmosphere. I was really old school. It was a great atmosphere and the lads, you know, we won it in the 89th minute. It deserved a, a, a stonewall penalty, but we, we did really play well second half, we all felt, and, uh, and you know, in Vanessa so we went top of the league on goal difference last night. So after had a little little spell where they picked up results and we didn't quite. Um, so it's a good reaction because mm-hmm. we're two one up with Dunfer three games ago and we got done with nine seconds to go. In the king, you know, you you played Gary. Yeah, you've got a point away from home, but it kind of feels like a it kind of feels like a defeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we we'll, we'll pick myself up, up and won the next two. So um, and that one being a very important one for the fans is that. It's a bit like you know, there's the same um, love as Newcastle Sunderland. Mm-hmm. So 
um, it's, it was a good one to win last night. And how does that work on the training training pitch, Paul? Do, do you, have you got yeah, the well, full run of things? Or is, is Gaffer decides, decides what he wants. Right. Gaffer decides what he wants to do and um, we'll all come up with ideas and he might say, right, well, Paul, you take that. Um, Alan, you take that. And then I'll take the last bit or it may be a day where, you know, on different days, we've got like lads who didn't play and might be just doing a, um, just a session to give them a good blast. You know, I'll take it or Alan will take it. Um, and and we we'll just sort of collaborate like that, really. Tommy takes um, majority of the, all of really all of the shape, obviously. Um, we all we'll talk about it and, you know, but he likes to take the shape, um, which, you know, a lot of managers do. Not a lot of managers don't coach, but Tommy does. He's, he's an excellent coach, and um, so we 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 um yeah we have a good working relationship. Like I say, there's there's lots of um, there's lots of sort of talking and trying to develop sessions to help different players, and um, we've got a good we've got a development group with the youth team, so we're trying to have a good connection with them as well. A little bit awkward with COVID about because you know we've got to try and keep our bubble um, protected from that and. That that has its that has its own um, sort of um, issues. That makes it difficult. Mm. But yeah, we've got we've got like well, some really good young players who've been trained with us from day one. Um, we can see how much they benefit. But like we would have Gary if we went and got the challenge of training with the first team at Newcastle. Yeah. You know, like yeah. better players take you on and better challenges take you on. And you see so many young players now that. That if they don't get the um, the challenge that's needed, to just stagnate and they go backwards. So that's where the loan system's been good in the sense that it gives them an opportunity to go out and play and get that challenge. But um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a really good app. Paul, have you have you changed much over your career as a coach in the way you do things on the training pitch? Would you say? Are you sorry? Have you changed much over your career as a coach, the way you, you the way you deliver on the training pitch? Oh yeah, you you do. I mean, I think you know I started using tactics boards and things like that down at Middles, but I haven't used them as much here. But yeah, something everyone is different. Different learn players have different ways of learning. There's lots of video work goes on. You know, I would sit down with you, maybe as a way player and say, look, you know. What could you have done better then? And he tell and I say, well, I think. What about doing this? Could you have done that? Um, so we do go through videos, clips with the players. We do show them, obviously, lots of like opposition players. Um, so, yeah, the, everybody has different way of learning. Some mm. lads, some lads learn from doing it. Some lads learn from seeing it. Um, some lads just, you know, always you, you put the tactics board here, show a session. That's how I want it to run. I like to still run it through. Should quick do a quick demo or maybe a yeah. quick run through and then yeah. let's get it. I think you've got to get into it quick though. I mean, not too much talking yeah. from the coach. Let the yeah. players play, let them work. Um, mm. you know, because I think a lot of coaches now they'll they'll, they'll do an hour and a half session, it'll be an hour of them talking. It should be an hour twenty-five. It should be an hour twenty-five, an hour twenty-eight of them playing and you two minutes of you talking. Mm. You know, because um and obviously that changes with different age groups. I, you know, my coaching journey started with Terry Mack, uh, Terry Mitchell, sorry, at um, Newcastle United under 11s while I was still playing. And I was playing for Hartlepool still at the time. So I could be playing down at Torquay, Torquay away. 
getting back late on a Saturday night and I'd go down to Norwich. Uh, not Norwich, say Everton somewhere like that on a yeah. Sunday for 15, 15, 25 quid. All my Sunday gone as well. So it depends how much you want to progress, how much, how mm. hard you want to work and how mm. much you want to learn. Um, you know, and you get a lot of lads now um, that want to get to a really good level of coaching, but you've got to put the work in, you know. And um, I went from 11s, 14s, 16s, 18s to seniors, and then back to 23s, back to seniors. So, you know, your journey, your journeys, you don't know what your journey ahead is. You've just got to keep adapting yeah. to it. Paul, any favourite practices that you that you always fall back on, that you've taken with you, that you enjoy delivering, the players enjoy? I do, I do enjoy, I do enjoy overload types of practices where right. you, you, you move, you've got. And I think if you put time constraints on them, and they can learn to do it, it pace, you know, mm-hmm. in control, but it pace and change of pace and utilise it quickly. Um, I do like them types of practices, but uh, I think you tend a lot of your practices as you get to first team level tend to be around the around eleven v eleven, you know. Yeah. It could be a lot of practices where we, we we do a lot of practices where we're we're playing against uh, you know they call a low block deep defending. I call it because I'm older, mm-hmm. um, where teams defending deep. Um, I know they've all these new be- beautiful technical names for it, but a, def- a team defending deep where we've got a you know, really move the ball quick, switch the player. Can we, you know, get people in off the lane? Can we get the full-backs high um, and wide? Mm. And, um, you know, we, we showed a lot of that last night. Well, I mean, well, left-back must have crossed about, you know, 12, 13 balls, good deliveries. So, and my right-back was crossing as well. So, yeah, so <clears throat> them types of sessions. Um, but, like, I get that. You know, we still do our 2v2s, our 3v3s, 4v4s. They can be more of our... Um, lead into a, a, a into a possession of eight v eight or a ten v ten on a big pitch, mm-hmm. so you know it just always a little bit of a development. One leads into another, leads mm-hmm. into another. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the way Tommy works is when we sort of know how we're playing the next week, and we have an idea of how we want to play against it. Well, we are working on that from from you know the Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, we tend to have Thursdays off, and then Friday, and then Saturday. So the lads have worked on something throughout the you know all yeah. week that leads into the game. Yeah, Paul, it's been great to catch up with you again today. Uh, thanks very much for sharing uh, what is a been an extremely successful career and continues to be uh, in in coaching. Um, so and thanks very much for giving up your time. Really appreciate it in a busy busy no time. Problem, this Gary. Been a pleasure seeing you. I'm a bit cottagey.